at the end, there are two kinds of entrepreneurs. Uh, there are those that come with the technology, right? Uh, try to find a solution uh, or a need for this kind of, of technology, and those that are trying to find the need and to develop a technology for that specific need. I'm from the second uh, type. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Today, I'm with Zohar Alachmi, the chairman and CEO of Defense Solutions. Before founding and leading Defense Solutions, he was the founder and CEO of three startup companies. He also held vice president and C-level positions at Amdocs and DECI Telecom, global and public telecommunication enterprises. While managing multidisciplinary large and small-scale organizations, Zohar created fast growth and profitable businesses, bringing innovative solutions and services to the market. He graduated cum laude with a BSc from the Technion, Israel Institute of Technology, and a master's from Tel Aviv University, and was a lecturer at both institutions. It's really great to have you here. Um, you know, serial entrepreneur is, I think, your, you know, your journey depicts that statement. Uh, working on a variety of technologies from software based to today drone defense and and looking at the world in 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 various lenses and so before we get specifically to defend and what you're doing with drones and looking at, at the world a little bit in a futuristic way tell me a little bit about yourself and and how you think through your own entrepreneurial spirit what has sort of been the guiding north star for you as you've been transitioning through the different companies you've worked with well tell you about myself so I uh, grew over here in Israel, um, nothing special in that. Um, <clears throat> I um, joined the Technion and I, was, uh, I had my first degree over there, BSc, and then I moved to uh, Tel Aviv University. Um, I did my uh, second degree over there. Um, and then I started uh, my career. Um, I started with big companies and then I started with startups. Um, was a member of the team that uh, started DSL technology uh, and from there started the uh, um, type of SaaS for enterprises activity. Um, I lived uh, most of my business life were in the US at that time. Um, I also had some time in uh, Asia PEC region. I managed the region. Vice president of MDOCs within Asia. Yes. So I managed the region for MDOCs. Um, bottom line, I am a strange type of creature where I started in the academy and I moved to the business life and that's what I did. Incredible. And, and eventually, um, you're getting into the drone space. Was that you know, a um, natural thing? Was this something that you've researched for a while? How, how, does, how does one get to you know, to transition to working in something like Defense Solutions six years ago? First, if you look at my career, you'll see that I never really did the same thing. Right. Uh, so my first activity was DSL. The second one was SaaS for enterprises, software play. Um, the third one was uh, mobile advertisement. 
uh, and this is the fourth one. So every time I'm just moving to a different type of business, different type of technology, and this is really what I like uh, in what I do as an entrepreneur. Um, how did I find it? So I think that um, at the end, there are two kinds of entrepreneurs. Uh, there are those that come with the technology, right? Uh, try to find a solution uh, or a need for this kind of, of technology. And those that are trying to find the need and to develop a technology for that specific need. I'm from the second uh, type. Um, <laughs> so I was looking for a need. Um, and the need I found is uh, this type of uh, dealing with drones, or actually protecting ourselves from drones. Um, so that's that's exactly uh, what I'm trying to do over here. Bottom line, uh, the drone type of, uh, let's call it society, is a very important one. It's really the future of many of the things that we are experiencing right now and also will experience uh, going after. And it's an important one. Uh, mm-hmm. We try to do is a uh, bottom line, uh, support the growth of this type of society and have, uh, let's call it secure drone adoption um, while providing innovation uh, technology to support it. Wonderful. So, you know, before we talk about defense solutions specifically, Take me a little bit 30,000 feet in the air because, you know, I, I have a feeling that most people listening to this and hearing about, you know, drone technologies, we're thinking about DJI. We're thinking about, you know, the, the consumer drone market that when I go on a family trip, I take it up to take pictures of me. But what is happening with drone technologies around the world and how is this going to get integrated into society in really meaningful ways? First, each one of us, when we uh, speak about drones, we have a different picture in, in the head. Um, some of us see uh, Amazon bringing uh, stuff to our home with drones. Uh, some of us uh, see pizza coming with that. And others are using that in a different malicious ways. Mm-hmm. So bottom line, it's a very nice type of technology, uh, but it's not just that. Uh, if you look about, let's say, 10 years ago, in order to acquire such a technology, you used to have to buy uh, or invest 50 to $100 million and right. get uh, this kind of equipment. Right now, for $1,500, you can order yourself from Amazon or anyone else um, a drone that really can give you capabilities, amazing capabilities, which allows you and my kids uh to buy these type of drones very efficiently um, right. successfully. So that's really the nature of that. Now, connect to that a very powerful cameras, 4K camera that is coming pre-integrated, and you get yourself a very sophisticated camera flying around you and allows you to do that very easily and quickly. I think that this is really uh, the big change. So what you're talking, what you're talking about here is the sort of the the availability of getting really sophisticated and and complicated systems into the hands of consumers at very cheap prices. And what I'm hearing from that is the this decentralization of of these not yet weapons, but perhaps one day weapons or 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 any tools that can be then leveraged to 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 means that we we don't want them to be used 
that is a risk here that we have to address. That now we it's no longer specific armies or specific groups that we know are purchasing these and are manufacturing these for high prices and we can deal with them. But you now have a decentralization of these up in the air and we don't have much control over it, right? That's that's correct. Um, th th that's correct for sure. Um, and, and some of that is coming from malicious type of usage and some mm -hmm. of that is coming just from inability of really the people that use it to understand the danger uh, that uh, and what really can happen if they use it in, a, in the wrong way, let's say. If you try to use that these type of drones, uh, and uh, speak about kids right now, uh, next to airports, uh, and you try to uh, take a very cool picture of uh, uh, any kind of plane taking off, uh, that's dangerous. Right. Okay, so now that we understand a little bit better the risks associated with this, where is it actually meeting us? So we, are, so we, we talked about the idea that now people have access to this technology, but what tangible narrative-like scenarios can we imagine happening that would that that a company like defense solutions becomes extremely relevant in the last few years what are we actually defending against i'll give you several scenarios and examples i think that all of them are ones that you can remember actually by yourself that really happened so one as i mentioned before airports uh think about the gatwick uh, event uh, around three and a half years ago where at the end, Gatwick and Heathrow airports were shut down for nearly 72 hours because of that. So the impact uh, on an airport is very clear, and that's one example. Another, uh, if you think about all this, let's call it the VIP locations, uh, whether this is the Buckingham Palace, whether this is the White House, whether this is the uh, PM office, uh, uh, the Japanese PM office, Prime Minister office, all of those uh, locations uh, were locations where people actually just landed drones next to them or really on them, if it's the prime minister of Japan in this case. Um, none of them were actually terrorists. Most of them were. Uh, but bottom line, this is a very important place to protect yourself from as well. Um, another one, prisons. Um, drones right now are the most let's call it popular in one way, uh, on one hand, and very easy uh, type of way to uh, smuggle narcotics, mobile devices, um, any kind of ammunition and, and um, other type of equipment that you don't want to be smuggled into prisons. Um, sports events and other, let's call it, crowd-based events. At the end, uh, you don't want a drone to fly over your head when you watch uh, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, and that's one hand, and you don't want uh, any kind of drone to take the IP rights of uh, any one of the organization that actually acquire these IP rights um, for, for money. So bottom line, over there, it's not just safety it's not just security it's also ip rights right um, that, that makes a lot of sense but but Zal, take me back to you know to 2016 you're realizing what's happening to the world you're realizing the threats you're realizing that the consumer demands from the world are going to also require us to have drones in our everyday lives right and and they are they besides just the consumer entertainment they're going to be playing a, 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 an important part in deliveries and in maintenance and security and 
and, and, and surveillance and construction and pretty much everything we can think of. Where is Defend Solutions coming into play in 2016? What is sort of the thesis that you come in and say, I want to do this? When, um, when we started that, we evaluated all the different technologies available in the market to deal with drones. And what we found out is that uh, traditional type of technologies, the one that were developed for detection and then mitigation of, uh, let's call it MiG and F-16 and all of these big aircrafts, is the one being utilized uh, against drones. Now, while these are great technologies, uh, they were developed for something else, and they don't really fit to the really um, current situations we are in. Mm -hmm. So, on one hand, if you want to try and protect yourself from drones inside Manhattan, or if you want to protect the Pope, uh, you cannot use a radar over there uh, in order to identify these type of uh, drones. Um, these type of tools were really developed for something else. And, uh, and the radar is not a solution for that. And that goes for detection. Um, and uh, if you'll speak about, or if you try to understand the mitigation part of that, at the end, there are two types of mitigation available back then and even today until we came. And that were kinetic solutions, meaning everything that flies very fast in the air and make a big or a small boom at the end, depending on what you use over there. Um, and the jammers, any kind of GPS jammers, Wi-Fi jammers, communication jammers, GPS spoofers, technologies, which bottom line, the collateral damage of those is huge. And, mm -hmm. uh, and if you try to use any of those in any of the scenarios I mentioned before, what you find yourself in is, is in a situation that this is really um, not a viable solution. You cannot fire any kind of missile above Manhattan. You cannot try to protect the Pope. And, and this is a real case that uh, we just released about three months ago. We saved the Pope in a real event. You cannot fire a missile over there. Um, and uh, on the other hand, you cannot really jam. If you're going to jam, you're going to have an impact on all the communication in, the, uh, in, in that type of environment. So we can we understand that we need to develop something else that will be will enable all of this type of law enforcement and people that are trying to protect um, and to have a secure type of environment for us uh, to use in these kind of locations? And that's what we did. So we developed a technology which enables to uh, identify, track, and locate these type of drones using the communication that uh, these type of drones are having. And we take control, and I really mean we take control over these uh, drones, only the hostile ones, with no, really no, any kind of uh, collateral damage at all. So we have no impact on any of the other drones flying over there or other communications running over there. And of course, it is not kinetic. So bottom Incredible. line, it's really safe solution to control this type of problem. I usually like to say that we take a drone incident and we verify that it's not going to become an incident at all. So the case is a classic example. Um, it was released only three months after the event. Nobody actually knew that we were very close to have a drone incident over there um, and nothing happened. 
Well, I think that's the that's the best case scenario of people not realizing that they were close to an event. That's where, that's when you know that you've that you've actually mitigated it in the in the best way possible. How do you you know from from a technological and innovative perspective? You know this this cat and mouse game of new technologies arising for drones, and then you're on the defensive side. How do you, as the company, make sure that you're constantly at the forefront of the technology? That you're constantly, you know, you're you're understanding the market, you're understanding what there what are the different opportunities, and you're able to create solutions that will defend against the most cutting edge technologies. What what is it about you know the way that you're running defense that allows for that to happen? Maybe before I really answer your question, let me go a step backward. The understanding. Yeah that this is a cat and mouse game is a very important one. Um, many other type of solutions are the ones that you give to the customer, and that's the solution from today till the rest of the life of that specific equipment. Uh, mm. This is not the case, or that's a not a viable type of solution in, uh, in the drones type of world, exactly because of the reason you mentioned. So you must have this kind of ability to upgrade and update the the product and the offering uh, all the time. I think that the best analogy for that is your antivirus on your computer. We (laughs) need to have this antivirus updated all the time to deal with the new type of viruses that we have uh, all the time. This is exactly what we do. And this necessity, it's not a nice to have type of uh, capability. Now, what we did was to develop a methodology to do exactly that. We developed an internal methodology to deal with new type of uh, viruses, sorry, drones, um, that are coming to the market every time. And we verify that we, uh, we just release updates and we verify that we deal with the most advanced type of threats uh, and uh, allow our customers to use those and protect uh, themselves from these type of threats. Incredible. Now, in terms of company culture and how you're creating a culture of continuous curiosity, innovation, um, and and advancement, what, what do you notice there on a leadership side that allows for a company to to have that mentality, constantly innovating, constantly learning and researching? I think it's a mix. First, um, make it happen. We always uh, can deal with everything. Uh, This is part of the DNA of the company. There isn't such a word like, no, we can't. The only question is, how do we do it? Um, so that's part of the DNA that started uh, uh, from day one, and that's what we have right now. Um, and innovation, bottom line, really achieves the impossible. And we try to think about all of these kind of problems in an innovative way to find an innovative technology to deal with that. Um, that's, I believe, the two key type of elements to deal with what you just asked me about. Incredible. And uh, Zara, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's so amazing, you know, hearing about, you know, the way that you're 
first of all, you know, personal career and how you've you've done different things, you know, across the board. But uh, but all of them are, are d- deeply curious about them, advancements of technologies, and looking to be at the forefront of what's happening to us today, and how technology is shaping, you know, really humanity and civilization. And of course, with with defense solutions, the way that six years ago you were looking at at drones and understanding, yes, it's great that we can now purchase you know, $200, $300 drones on Amazon or $1,500 to get, you know, the most high-end drones that just 10 years ago maybe would, would cost dozens of thousand dollars for militaries. Um, and and you're saying there's there's a gap here with the way that we are going to be experiencing a new level of threats, a new cat and mouse game that that you're going to be at the forefront of. Uh, and uh, and it's just amazing, and it's a huge pride for the Israeli ecosystem. And I really appreciate you taking your time to come and chat with me. And best of luck with Defense Solutions, and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Michael.